This is Fern Halls. This is Naoki Yoshida. And you're listening to Aetherite Radio. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Here we go! Alright, hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Fusion X and joining me today we have Dr. Mog. What's going on? What up, internet? That's my line. That's the generic phrase that we're using from now on whenever right? we introduce each other, right? Whenever we have like posters or anything that we, we put out, it'll just say, what up, internet? It's a good catchphrase. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's not bad. All right. Uh, so tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, last week's E3. I was uh, over in LA, got to see uh, all the community guys, talk with Yoshia a little bit. Um, so we'll jump right into that, our interview with director-producer Naoki Yoshida. Um, Keep in mind, too, our interview was literally right before uh, their live stream on day three, so there is a teeny bit of overlap. Um, so our first question was asking him about fishing, um, you know, how it's going to work and when we'll be able to try it. Um, he says, fishing will be available starting in phase four of the beta test, and players can check it out then. Uh, we've mentioned before in the producer let our live, uh, but the concept is um, that we didn't want to make it action-based. Uh, we didn't want actions like Battle Class has or to be pressing buttons at certain times like it was originally. Um, they want to have players just go to a lake or a river or an ocean and, you know, depending on what type of water it is and maybe what time of day it is, um, you know, choose a rod that you want to use and maybe what bait or lure you're going to use. Um, and, the con- you know, the concept is that fishing is supposed to be a conversation with nature. Um, so they want to make fishing in 14 to be representative of that. Um, we really wanted it to be something that you can do in your free time. Um, for example, maybe you go into Duty Finder, and uh, while waiting in the queue, you can change uh, to Fisher and fish for a little bit, and then when your number comes up, change and change back and go. Uh, or if you're waiting on a friend to log in or something like that, um, so you're able to do something in the downtime that's fun but relaxing. Um, and we raised the question of, you know, are there any actions? Um, a lot of people. Um, and we did ask some of you guys to send us ideas for questions to ask. Um, some people were concerned about uh, RMT activity if there weren't any actions, if it was very, you know, really le- like relaxed and almost automated in the sense that it may not be good. Um, and Yoshida said that even now, RMT can create bots to get around the timing of actions. Um, so what they don't want is to have fishing become stressful. Uh, it's supposed to be a relaxing thing. Pressing extra buttons for actions is going to create that stress. We're not uh, I'm sorry, we're going to make sure um, that the stuff that you get from fishing is not stuff um, that's going to be lucrative for RMT. So they want to make this system as relaxing as possible. Um, what they want for fishing is to be more about what you've done. Um, so maybe achievements for catching certain sizes of fish or having a log that keeps track of uh, your own collection of what you've caught um, or you know how big of a fish you've caught before or you know, uh, whether you've fished in all the fishing spots and stuff like that. Uh, that's not to say that we're not thinking of other things. For example, maybe you fish up a treasure map, and that map leads to a new quest. Uh, they are planning things like that. So do you have this? Uh, you want to go do the next one, Mark? Yeah, I think we should talk about this stuff a little bit. I mean, sure. that's, like, good info, because yeah. that's we're getting an overhaul for fishing, like a serious overhaul. It's not like it's going to be like botany or mining is currently in A Realm Reborn. It's going to be different. So. Right. I don't know how people are going to react to that. I think that uh, some people actually enjoyed the 1.0 fishing. So um, far, I've seen myself. a lot of mixed reactions. Some people are like, "This is really good," and other people are like, "This is horrible." Like, we should. Well, people horrible. hate change, you know. Yeah. 
people just hate change. I took fishing all the way to 50 and uh, I enjoyed it enough that, you know, I'd watch Netflix or whatever while I was doing it, but um, I guess it could be boring. I don't know. I think that uh, if fishing is just going to be like, go stand somewhere and hit a button and it's just going to catch fish for you, that might turn some people off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two, the second thing you got to talk to you. She, I'm jealous, by the way. So jealous you got to meet him <laughs> and chat with him. And uh, yeah, so did you have him sign your chest or anything? Because that would have meant I, that. I did not. Uh, I actually... Um, as he was, uh, he, he'd go out on the floor occasionally, and he would um, do autographs and stuff. And this one guy came up and showed him like a chocobo tattoo, like on his bicep. And I, I was like waiting for him to like ask him to like sign his arm, so he would like get it tattooed or something. But he didn't. <laughs> and then quite. tattoo over the signature so that it's a perfect. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be sweet. Uh, in the last live letter, when you were showing off the Chocobo companion, it looked like there were Mooljaw and Lanosia. Were those Mooljaw? Uh, were why they are in FFXIV, and what role do they play? Did I seriously type that? Yeah, that's oh, okay. Oh, wow, I did. Typo. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks. I gotta go yes. that. Well, they were Mamulja, and then one of the concepts in develop, de developing FXIV is to bring the flavor of other Final Fantasy games. And we have a lot of monsters from not just Final Fantasy XI, but also 12, some from 13 and past games in the series as well. But that's not to say we're randomly picking monsters. They will all have their own backstory. So, for example, the Mamulja, there will be quests and explain why they are in Eorzea. Eorzea. So, that's pretty sweet. Um... I think they're pulling a lot of stuff from a lot of other Final Fantasies, and yeah. Monsters is a good way to bring back old nostalgia, I suppose. Well, I mean, we've we've already seen you know Clippers and you know Mandragoras yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but the difference here is that the Mumble John Eleven were a Beastman race, like one of the one of the Beastman races, right? Um, yeah. So that was our next question. Um, in Eleven, they were one of the big Beastman races. Are they going to have a role similar to that in Fourteen? Uh, and Yushida goes, no. Um, their presence isn't as large as the other uh, as the other beast tribes in Orzea or Aorzea rather, um, but that doesn't mean that over the next few patches and updates that they won't develop a stronger presence in Aorzea and maybe being strong enough to maybe summon their own maybe primal maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's cool. I think that's great. The uh, I'll be, progressive storyline. Interested, uh, interested to see which primal. They summon. I want to see. I know that everybody loved the Quadovs and the Mumulja, but I really like the Yagodos from mm -hmm. Windurst because I was from Windurst. I hope they add those somewhere in. Yeah. I liked them a lot. Big bird people. <laughs> well, we kind of have that already with with the, with the Ixali, right? They're no, they're ish. No, they're not feathers, man. They're just. They have the kind of do, don't they? Do they? I don't think they have feathers, man. Not they're not like you know covered in feathers, but I think they they have some feathers. They seem scaly to me. Maybe. I haven't looked closely at it's them. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen them. So. Maybe they're just. Oh, plucked. there's Anwell in the chat. They lost their feathers. There's our lore expert. So they did Does have feathers at one okay. point. <laughs> Min uh, Ninja turtles from Bastok, Yeah, the quad of. Did I see them, or is it just my imagination? Did I see them in a video? The uh, crystals call. Trailer. I think the, I saw the quad of. Yeah, I think I saw a quad of in, in a video, uh, something recently. 
I have to go back and look now. I'm going to have to watch some stuff again, but I think I saw a quad of. Hmm. Good All be. right. Next question. Let's see. Can you tell us about Summoner? What type of role it will have in a party? Do you envision it to be a healer, attacker, or support? Close, closer to an attacker, but different than the other type of attack, attackers you have seen in the other jobs and classes in 14. The Summoner himself will be concentrating more on damage over time, spells, and buffing spells, so bardish maybe. The summon uh, and you won't be summoning for example Ifrit himself but will be summoning a different form of Ifrit which they're calling Ifrit Eggy which you might recognize from 12 um, which I'm, this is just a note from me, I'm hoping they're going to stick with uh, what the English translation for Eggy was. Uh, will be used in a different way as well so it will be an attack type of job but it's going to be a little different. Uh, they called them Aeon, right? Or Eons? Aeon? What were they called in, in 12? I think they were Esper, Espers. They were Espers, Espers in, right. yeah, in uh, 12. I hope that they go with that name because Eggy is uh, it seems kind, of, like, kind of silly in English. It, yeah. I'm I like hope they... I'm imagining like a little like egg or something. Like That's what I would call like the Chocobo mini, yeah, right? The, like the an Eggy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, hope it, I hope they change that to Espers. Um, yeah for English and other localization, but that's just preference. But that's awesome that Summoner is going to be a little bit like the uh, damage over time, bit of pet stuff, a little bit of buffing, yeah. so they sound flexible, which is neat. Yeah, and that was the next bit of our question, too, is, uh, you know, are they actually full-blown pets, or is it, you know, you use an attack or an ability, and they kind of pop up for a minute, do their thing, and disappear, and that is a pet. So they will be around after you summon them, so they'll be walking around and stuff, which is cool. And your follow-up question wasn't, do they have a perpetuation cost? Come on, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing. Yeah, I'd like to know if they have a perpetuation cost. That'd be, That's uh, a good question. That is a good question, yeah. You should Maybe. do a follow-up. <clears throat> we, we had one follow-up, unfortunately. That was all we got. That's it? It was a good one, though. We'll it was. That. We'll get to that's that. The, that's the best one. All right. Yeah. Um, We've seen the housing information in the live letter, and we have a few questions. Can you upgrade the size of the house you already own, or do you need to buy a new house? The size of the house, yes, you can upgrade it, so that's awesome. But you purchase land and build the house on the land, so if you purchase a small plot of land, you're limited to, to basically a small house. The size of your house is limited to the size of your land, so if you buy a small plot of land and you want to build a house bigger than the plot of your land, you'll have to sell the land and buy a bigger plot. So that's cool that you can like buy the large plot of land in preparation for a large house, but put a small one on there for now if you don't have enough money or the materials yeah. to craft it or something. So that's that's cool that it's flexible a bit. Yeah, um, and you can also sell the house as well. It's not just the land. So you, in, within the house system, you actually have like two things that you own. You own that land and you own the house, and you can sell both of those. So can you keep the house and sell the land? That's a good question. Like, do you just like put the house in your pocket and like move it over to another yeah, plot dude. of land? I don't know. Everything fits in one square in your inventory. That's how this game <laughs> works now. Everything. Yeah. Your house icon in your inventory. It could be. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's it's a good question. I mean, it could either be you know the house and and you know just goes you equip it to the land, or maybe it's it's one of those things where if you sell the land, the house goes with it. I you know, you don't know. We're not sure. I can't wait to see the housing, man. I'm, I'm really excited so about it. I'm so pumped for housing. Mm -hmm. I'm too, it's too bad it wasn't in uh, last weekend's beta test phase because I would have yeah. loved to see some examples. Even if you couldn't buy them or anything, just the zone was open just and some like houses a, were there. Just have like the, the model. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? You just walk yeah. in and check it out. <laughs> I think that would have been nice. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, there has been talk about free company housing. How will you determine who can access the house or who can change the elements of the house? Is that something that's limited to free companies or is it something you can share with friends? So the housing system will have its own separate UI widget. That's cool. Will it uh, will have all of your options. It will ha have access options where you can say only allow free company access or free companies and those free companies who we've made alliances with or want anyone to be able to come in or want no one to be able to come in. That type of customization will be will be there to support the housing system. Of course free companies will also have their own chests where you can put loot and money. So really flexible it sounds like which is great. Yeah. Um, they're definitely not half-assing the housing or the free company no, not um, at all. permissions and stuff, so that's good. Um, and then we asked if, um, because you know he talks about all the different accesses, if house access carries over to everything in the house. So, for example, um, hey, you know your friends can come in your house. They does that mean that they can also like get in your chest and stuff? Uh, and he says the chest access is going to be separate from house access. Um, it's going to be very, very detailed. Um, so, you know, but who decides on who gets access? That's what the free company will decide. Um, so everyone in the free company will have ranks and associated access, um, and the leader uh, decides who gets which rights. So if someone's been given the right to, uh, to change access, you can, but if you haven't been given um, that right, then uh, you might be in the free company, but uh, with more limited access to, to stuff in the house. That's awesome. Coming from, you know, somebody who's trying to run a free company here, that is just... <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Um, we're going to add Windows. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't ask the question. Uh, in a live live, <laughs> you, you showed the question. Uh, you showed the different size of houses. Some of the rooms were dark and didn't see any windows. We know there's a lot of customization you can do to the house. Are windows a part of that? And they're going to add windows. It'll be nice and bright. Um, I think in the a last live letter they showed us the there were windows, but you couldn't see outside. Some some people were commenting that they'd like to be able to actually see some space outside the window instead of just a mm -hmm. like a light. But um, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, and then uh, you'll be able to add windows depending on uh, on the type of the house there too. So you can have the next question. That was that wasn't even really a question. <laughs> that's true. All right. <laughs> um, because of legacy subscribers and regional data centers, people will be moving around uh, different worlds or servers. Um, do you have anything in place to ensure that a whole link shell can move before a world fills up? There's a lot of people um, worried that you know they'll say, "Okay, our link shell's moving to this world," and you know half of them will move over, and then the server fills up or something, and they're not all able to move. Um, and he says this is difficult. Um, we don't want to reserve spots for groups that might move because we don't know who is going to move, um, but um, we what we will do is let players know server information before. So, like this server still has this many spots, or maybe just has a lot of spots, and the other server is almost full. Um, so it'll be on the link shell to to you know where they're going to move. If you have like a hundred person link shell uh, to move to a server that we're telling you is almost full, and you only get half in, well then that's your fault for not choosing one that we you know said there was a lot of room on. So um, you're just going to have to look at the. Uh, Link or the the server list and see how full it is, and hopefully everybody gets in. Um, they also say um, we know in World of Warcraft there was a system to move whole guilds to new servers. Um, so if that was the case, um, we're going to look into having something that could possibly uh, do that for link shells in the future. 
So if all of a link shell decides to hop to another server, they can just you just you gotta pay together attention. and yeah 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 you, cool. you gotta be careful. But I mean, it's I don't, I don't foresee a whole lot of people having problems doing that. But, I just uh, hope there's space, you know, for all the link shells because it's gonna stink that you know if one server has got a high pop and half ends up on that server and then it's full or something. So yeah, hopefully they uh, they work that out. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan it this way, but now I've got the awesome question. Yeah, I know. I was kind of <laughs> like, man, I want to do that question. This you can do the last know. one then, no matter what. <laughs> uh, in Japan, it was recently announced that there would be a release of the Before Meteor soundtrack on Twitter. Sokin mentioned that if people that if people imported it, they could use the code for the download minion, regardless of region. Can you confirm that? And Yoshida went on to say, I don't think it was confirmed yet, but we can confirm that the Beyond Meteor soundtrack will be available soon for other regions from the Square Enix store. So there's no reason to buy the $100 import to get the minion. We want to get that. We want to get across to players, so don't worry. And it is my personal policy not to have items that are region-specific, except that, what was it, the uh, 25th anniversary thing? Though, anyway. though we did ask about that back in February, and they said they did realize that that set was really popular and they were looking into maybe bringing it over to North America but they didn't confirm anything they they were looking into it okay i was just i was just commenting um, that you can only get in america or only get in japan or only get if you go on one this one event in switzerland or wherever we don't want to do that we can't say in the next 10 years we'll never do that because we don't know what will happen but my personal policy is to not have things like that so that's good. At least they're they're trying. I mean, not everything's perfect, yeah. but I wanted to I almost like if if our interview time wasn't so like short, like I would have gotten up right there and just like give him a high five or something. I was so happy. Just <laughs> give him a hug. I told and Alana and I told him too. That's our next little bit here. Um, you know, as being a long time Final Fantasy XI player, I've had to import a lot of Final Fantasy XI stuff over the years. So them making the the extra effort to to try and get everything um, in all the different uh, regions was very appreciated. And he says. Um, you know, something like that can really put people off from a game. So we're playing, uh, you know, we're all playing on the same servers and playing the same game. Uh, but these certain people get advantages and we don't. Um, that can turn people off and we don't want to do that. So they want to make everything as, as fair across all regions as they can, which I think is really, really awesome. Is that the question? Yeah, all right. Are there any future plans for minions in nah, Ralph well, mm, No? What, did I miss no. one? Yeah, you did. Go back oh, on. what is the lore aspect? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. All right. I'm just <laughs> I'm scrolling all over the place. So, uh, What is the lore aspect? I know you want that question, all right? <laughs> what is the lore aspect for minions? It seems strange that you have, you come back five years later and see bombs and pointy fingers following players around. How do they fit into the world? Yoshida says, okay, this is the first reveal here. Think of them as toys. This is a master crafter. There's a master crafter NPC somewhere in the world creating these toys, and his story will be told in the future. So you find out who's creating these minions and what they're for, and why he's creating them. So, big puppeteer hand. Right. It's not just it's not just like oh, we just have pets to have pets. They don't really, you know, because everything in fourteen they've been really good about the lore and how they incorporate everything. So, you know, what there has to be a reason behind minions, right? And so I guess I hope he's named Geppetto. <laughs> that would, <laughs> that'd be good. Um, so yeah, he's just it's, they're all toys. We're all just walking around with toys now, I guess. Um, and then we asked uh, if there are any future plans for minions um, in World of Warcraft. Some of you guys might be familiar. Um, they had that system where you could battle pets. Uh, so we asked if anything like that was in the works. Um, 
and they say we have a lot of minions planned. Um, so for us, we don't want this to have a uh, too big of a footprint in the game because some will be from events and different things, and if they were really useful in the game, uh, and some people that don't have them will be at a disadvantage. Um, so like if you know if the Dalmud minion could cast like meteor or something, if they had like minion battles, that might be a little unfair, right? Um, we don't want to create that unfairness. Uh, we want it to be more of a fun thing. Uh, we saw how they did in uh, Fighting Pets in WoW, and I, I thought it was really just Pokemon. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe people like Pokemon. Um, we are looking at having the companions like the Chocobos or Magitek Armors uh, battle. Um, I mean, would you rather have like two little airships or two fingers fighting? Um, we think that players want to see Chocobos and Magitek fighting, so uh, we will put in our efforts there. Nice. You get the next one, too. All right. Uh, and this was our follow-up. Like we said, um, our interview was right before their uh, live letter on the third day uh, where they released all the scholar info. So we didn't ask any scholar questions, um, but we did manage to get, I think, what was the big question left unanswered after their live stream. Um, with scholar coming from Arcanist, how will leveling work? Will getting Arcanist to 50 give you both a level 50 summoner and scholar? Uh, will you have to choose between Summoner or Scholar? How is that going to work? Uh, and Yoshida told us that leveling Arcanist to 50 will give you both a level 50 Scholar and Summoner. Uh, however, you will need to complete job-specific quests to acquire certain Scholar and Summoner abilities and actions. So basically, if you level Arcanist, it's like a buy one, get one free on jobs. You'll get both uh, Summoner and Scholar at 50. And then you just got to quest the, the abilities out and you're done. That's good. Which is cool. I mean, it's it's nice. I mean, because... I think the nice part, too, about it is, you know, obviously there's going to be some similarities because they come from the same class, but um, I think Summoner and and Scholar are different enough that um, you can put in... I mean, you still have to put in work to get them leveled, right, and get the abilities and stuff, but um, it offers a little more variety in play style, uh, especially if you don't have a lot of time, if you're a more casual player. Level Arcanist, and then you get two jobs that you can kind of fit into whatever you're playing. So that's that's kind of nice. Well, instead of the focus being leveling, it sounds like the focus by allowing that is then going to be actually playing those classes and or jobs and, it's the going and gearing them up and stuff. Yeah, so they're taking the focus off leveling, which was absolutely terrible when fourteen first came out with the mm -hmm. the horizontal, you know, surplus XP junk. So I'm glad that they're reducing the amount of XP required and making it a little easier to get some flexibility in the players and they can do both Summoner and Scholar by leveling Arcanist to 50, well, all three actually, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Really nice. It's a good change. And uh, so speaking of Scholar, we'll, uh, let's go into a little bit of detail here. We do have some new info about Scholar. Um, it's a pet class, which is weird. Um, but, you, know, I, I, you know, if you'd asked everybody. Fairy pet class. <laughs> yeah, it has a fairy. What? Scholar's never had a pet. That's weird. Yeah, you know, and they they announced this, and I'm, I, it was funny. I was actually right outside the booth as they were streaming this. I'm sitting there thinking, that's not very Final Fantasy. <laughs> like, what is that? Like a pet class for Scholar? Okay, whatever. Uh, but Scholar is going to be uh, more of a healer. It sounds like so. It's the hot healer. Heals over time. Lower, yeah. smaller over time. Regen buffs. for everybody. Yeah, regen kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. And then White Mage is the big heavy hitter healer. Yeah. Large, large, uh, large numbers, slower cast times, that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to see how they all work. I know... Uh, I, I want to know how a, a fairy 
pet class is going to heal. That's going to be interesting. Is it like AI, or is when you use an ability, does the fairy well, yeah, do the well, action? That's, and that's that's another yeah, that's another question. I mean, these are I mean, you know, we'd asked about um, the eggies and how they work, and they are actual you know they're separate pets and stuff. So by you know, you would also think that the fairy is too. So then, what does the fairy do? Does the fairy heal? Does uh, you know who knows? The fairy just buzzes around your head and says, "Hey, listen!" over and over <laughs> and over again. That's all it does. Let's go, modding community, make it happen. It's uh, it's like day two when Scholar gets released. Right? It's, it'll the be re- a mod. The regen, the regen uh, <laughs> yeah. sound is just hey. Um, <laughs> Every time the sound goes off, yes. the dads are gonna get modded. So it goes, listen. That would oh be no! Great. That would be great. I, I would. I would do it for a little while, let's, and let's then I would get. And then you get so annoyed of it. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, Mug, we need a scholar. You want to come? No, I don't. I don't want to come. Scholar. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a whole party of scholars? My sanity can't also, take it. Oh, geez. Like a twenty-four man raid, we all just go scholar. It's like, <laughs> That'd be hey, awesome. Hey, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we could just we could piss off Bahamut so bad. He there just like. Go. Leaves, sticks his fingers in his ears, and leaves. Throw a bunch of fairies at him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to try out uh, Arcanist Summoner and Scholar. I know when uh, when 2.0 drops, that's I think instead of well, obviously, like I'm gonna get caught up with all my other jobs and and get the abilities unlocked and stuff. But um, I'm gonna hop on Arcanist and kind of go through the leveling paths. I think with that. Um, which is really I think nice everybody is probably going to do that that has yeah. at least a few jobs leveled because they've seen the others and either didn't sure. play them for a reason or you know mm-hmm. already did so they're gonna everybody is going to be a summer well, and, scholar and you know the nice the nice thing too a lot of people were you know made the joke of you know once super no hits everyone's going to be walking around with carbuncles um, but at least now at thirty right we'll be able to have a little uh, little bit of variation maybe we'll see some eggies and maybe we'll see some fairies and stuff that's so that, true it'll that split that helps that yeah so yeah i mean at 30 we're going to have arcanists leveling to 50 summoners leveling to 50 and scholars leveling to 50 not just arcanists going yeah. to 50 so yeah i forgot about that that's a good point yeah that'll be a nice little mix there and the uh, i got to say though one thing about summoner cuz i love summoner it was my favorite job in 11 um the Eggies, the one that we saw from the video, Ifrit, mm. or Eggy Eggy Ifrit, he looks so pitiful and sad and teeny. I hope <laughs> that there are bigger versions. Did you see the the concept art? It looks so big; it's yeah. like all over, all over the summoner's head. And there's another one with like the big hand in the way, and yeah. it's like such a badass thing. And you've got this little like floating red rock next to you. Yeah. It's like, uh Well, the there's there's two. Images that we've seen. Um, one is the the artwork that they released a while back, and then there's the the new render, which is from the game, um, which is the one with the hand that kind of wraps around. Um, that's actually from the game. So, yeah, but it's just closer to the camera, um, yeah. and that's why it looks bigger. Right. Uh, which sucks because I was hoping it was <laughs> like that big, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, but, we'll see. Yeah. I wonder. It'll be yeah. fun. It'll be fun to play. If anything, phase um, three uh, was awesome. By the way, I, I did a little review over on my channel, and I was trying to be really critical because I think a lot of people appreciate, you know, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But I could say it here: I fucking loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved phase three. I had really high expectations going into it, and it was awesome. Nice, absolutely awesome. Yeah, I played it for like a whole hour. 
an hour. An hour. I got back. You got to make your character. I got back Saturday night, and I was so tired, but I'm like, I have to play at least a little bit. (laughs) So I downloaded it, and I played for like an hour before I just passed out. Um, Nice. What I what I did play was nice. I really, you know, little improvements here and there so far. So this weekend, I'll uh, I'll totally be jumping in. Uh, Which brings us to, actually, we did talk about the actual uh, E3, did we? Like what they did. Um, oh, the floor and the yeah. Ifrit fight and stuff. <laughs> All that yeah. stuff, yeah. So, we, uh, I have to inter- interject here. I heard you uh-oh. won a t-shirt. I did. On the floor by winning. I was the second win of the first day. So, second, you could say world second. World, <laughs> world second of an eight-man... Four-person actual fight, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's still cool. That's still cool. Yeah. Um, but Ifrit, it's it's so much smoother now. Like, it's it, it plays really well. Um, it was, it was bad because, you know, we went over there and, um, you know, they give you the little presentation, hey, check out the new trailer, here's the kind of basis of, you know, MMOs, like, this guy's the tank, this is the healer, this is, you know, if you see fire under you, move, you know, how to win Ifrit. Don't stand in the fire. Yeah, don't Don't stand stand in the the fire. fire. Um, so we get out there and they're like, all right, you know, just pick a station and then we'll get to it. And the only one that was open when I walked out was Conjurer and I'm just sitting there going, oh no. (laughs) Because I'm not, I mean, you guys know me, I'm not really big on mage classes usually, um, especially healers, because I don't, I don't like the You didn't even level it to 50 alive. Place. It, to, to be fair, though, I did get it up there a little bit. I think my... What do you like, con- 35? It's, yeah, it's, I think it's like 35 or something. So um, so we're out like, raiding and, and you're, you're never healing. Right. Maybe, maybe I'll, heal, I'll heal you with, uh, with my magic uh, little fairy... Oh yeah, you're gonna scholar. scholar it up. This I, don't time gonna, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm smart enough to be scholar. We'll see. <laughs> I do want to check out Summoner though. I really do. It looks cool. Um. Anyway, so we get out there and and sure enough, uh, our eight man party, our other conjurer dies. <laughs> so I'm, I'm healing the the end by myself, and then the the fetter pops up the spike. So I'm like stoning it, like trying to get it down, because like. You know, everyone. There's a you know a lot of people there. They don't know what they're doing, right? So I'm like, we have to get this thing down. I want my shirt. I'm gonna nuke this thing on Conjurer, and uh, sure enough, second win of the day, which is really cool. So, um, Gahu, uh, Gahu's group actually lost. So we got out, and I'm Who like, where's your shirt? He's like, we we didn't win. Oh, I was like, oh come oh, on. Man. I was I was joking. Uh, I was joking with him as we went in when I saw that I had to be Conjurer. I'm like, man, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna lose, and Mog's gonna find out. And he's gonna like boot me from the shell. It's gonna be horrible. There's a, one, so <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that's so great. Uh, what was I gonna say? How long was the line for when you were there? Um, when I got there on day one, we were like the first people there. Um, it opened at uh, day one, opened at noon, um, and the first day they gave out tickets for time, so you could come get a ticket and then come back later. Um, oh, and cool. I got in for one thirty. Um, the second second day, third day. Um, when we got there, because, you know, we, we were talking with the community guys and everybody over at SC, so that would be kind of our first stop every day just to go and say hi and, and stuff like that. Um, the fir- the second or third day we went there, the line was wrapped around the front of the booth. Um, this is my third year at E3, and I have never seen a line at the Square Enix booth. Hmm. Um, and the line was about five to six hours long. Holy crap. And keep in, keep in mind, people, this is an industry event. This isn't anything like PAX where anybody can come, and these are all people involved with you know, reporting on games or making games or, you know, all industry stuff. So to have a line that long um, is just crazy. Well, that says a lot for the game. I think yeah. that, I mean, it won uh, Best MMO 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Destructoid and, gave it best MMO of the show, um, yeah. and it was you know we were walking around the booth and we saw the community team. We saw Kamate or Devin up there, and we were like, "Is this whole line like for you guys?" Like, <laughs> so that's I mean that's that's great. So yeah, they, got a, they had a really really strong showing at the at the show this year. So it's good stuff. The, they were uh, actually uh, they were sponsoring the free Wi-Fi at E3 too. They had a free uh, if you had a laptop or anything, you can go online and connect to, like, Final Fantasy XIV Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. They dropped a lot of advertising at E3 this year. They like, did. a lot. Well, and, on and, you everything. know, people, people say that, like, oh, look at all the advertising you're doing for this game. Um, but something to note, too, for people that aren't um, as familiar with E3 that don't, you know, watch it every year, um, you know, they had the banners, they had, you know, the, the hotel key cards, um, Square Enix has always done that, like every year. You know, they'll have the banners over the over the main hall. Um, usually, they have stairs. They'll they'll do something on the stairs. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people were watching it this year for fourteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing outside the the norm as far as what they usually do uh, in terms of advertising for for E three. But um, yeah, I mean, everywhere you were was either Lightning Returns or Final Fantasy fourteen stuff, which is really good. So that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad they're making a big push. I know they said they usually do that at E3, but it seems like they're doing the right things here to mm-hmm. make sure that it succeeds. So yeah, definitely. Every time uh, on the Ifrit fight thing that you were talking about, every time we saw it on the live stream, they failed. Like all three times, all four <laughs> times, they were <laughs> every one of them failed. It was it was oh, uh, a little distressing actually because nobody was attacking the uh, the nails or the yeah. what do they call it this time now the fetter. The fetter. The fetter, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was. We, we were like yelling at the screen in TeamSpeak, man. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, I know it was bad. I, you know, because like obviously you get in there, you want a shirt, right? Because it's, yeah. it's the shirt. It's the shirt. And so that um, must have made people so upset that, like, uh, on one of the streams that we saw, the archer that was in the party was like, "Kill the fetter, kill the fetter!" Like in all caps and like four or five lines of it, <laughs> and and nobody was attacking it except the archer. And I'm sure that oh, guy walked man. away still mad. Yeah, it yeah. was it was funny. We were getting set up. Um, they actually pulled you into the uh, the fight with uh, Duty Finder. So you know we're just kind of sitting there gathering around, and you know already in the chat before we even get in there, I'm like, when the thing pops, you guys need to kill it. Because I want my shirt. <laughs> so I mean, I was you know comboing stone on it. I'm like, all right, we got to get this thing down. And sure enough, like, and as we were playing, you were like, oh, first win of the day. The other group had beaten. And I'm like, oh man, we got to do this. So uh, it was cool. So it was a lot of fun. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, the video that they showed you before you did the effort fight. That was um, you've posted that on the Gamerscape. Yeah, uh, YouTube page, so we can see some of that. But uh, there was a lot of noise in the background. Was that like right next to the line, yeah, or the, what? It was is um, the way that they had their uh, their booth set up. Usually, and this is usually the case is they'll have you know they have their big screen, and then on either side of that they'll have uh, theaters, and so it's basically just a wall, and then the top is open, wow. um, and so a lot of noise comes in, and they were doing their commentary and stuff, so a lot of that was. Coming and just you know in general the the floor is usually pretty noisy right because everyone's blasting their stuff so uh, unfortunately yeah it was it was really loud but uh, but they gave you all headphones and sat you down right because I think yeah they do yeah. give you headphones yeah so that's um, good 
they didn't give me headphones for my phone though, unfortunately. So <laughs> yeah, no, because the video was like you couldn't even tell what he was saying. I mean, yeah, it, was just... it was it was it was bad. But I'm like, you know what? I'll upload it anyway. Why not? So yeah, no, it was good to see because nobody yeah. watching the stream. I mean, you know, a lot of us were camping the stream, and sure. it uh, it really didn't show much. There was like one cam watching the booth, and then uh, like here and there we'd see some uh, live stream footage of the of the actual effort fights mm -hmm. and uh, that was mostly it there was a their their sit down table round table i was calling it and that was interesting because they'd you know talk about a myriad of things but we didn't get to see much of the actual e3 floor so yeah i was uh i'm glad you uploaded something brought brought That's the camera I, you know i can only do so much but i did what i could um we do have another video out um which actually shows and we've been playing it a little bit throughout this uh this episode of uh, Yoshida actually participating uh, in the Ifrit Challenge and doing some commentary. That's a separate video that we do have up on the uh, on the YouTube page as well, so make sure to go check that out. Some good stuff. A lot of people love it, seeing him out there and you know just, just playing the game and chatting with fans and stuff. And a couple times, too, he would just come out and he would just start signing autographs and stuff, which was crazy, because you'd have just a swarm of people around him. You know, and for, for an, you know, a, a trade show, you know, that's that's really cool to see that, so... Uh, speaking of shirts, we have two. Uh, I believe you they're, have two extra. They're large or XLs. I forget what size they are. However, we have two shirts, and they are autographed by Naoki Yoshida. Even better, holy right. shit! So uh, we are going to give them out. We don't have all the details yet. Um, one of those shirts will be only available for supporters of Gamerscape. And we put up a post talking a little bit about that this week. So make sure to check that out. The other one is going to be up for grabs for anybody. So it's not like we're just giving them to, to people that supported us. Um, so one is going to be for them, one will be for everybody else. So before everybody, you know, starts going, oh my god, premium stuff. No, don't worry about it. You'll have, you'll have a shot at one too. Um, wiki stuff, we are starting up the wiki now that NDA has lifted. Um, we do have tutorials up for some of the pages, uh, or some of the templates, rather, um, I think actions and traits. Um, so while you're playing this weekend, guys, uh, if you want, obviously we're not going to, like, you know, hold a gun to your head and say, do it. Um, we would love... I might. For... Mug I might. Okay. <laughs> so mug might. Um, but uh, if you have time, come uh, edit the wiki. Um, you know, we're in IRC all the time. There's a link on the top of the, on the nav bar there for chat. Uh, we have the forms for the wiki if you have questions, so... Uh, obviously, this is a community effort. Uh, there's only so much that you know a handful of us can do. So uh, the more people we get in here, the better it can be. So uh, we definitely appreciate everybody that uh, gives us a hand with that. I'll be on there yep. as much as I can. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's about it. Did you want to talk about... You already kind of covered beta impressions a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I tried to be, you know, fairly... Uh, balanced on what I was saying about it, but I just I absolutely loved it. You've got to play it. Everyone has to play it. it. It's just, it was so good. Um, there was, you know, little things that were just here and there, but it's, it's for beta 3, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's ahead of where I think it should be for, for the phase it's currently in, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend because I really want to play my old character. Yeah, I miss my I old really... character. I've, for the last, like, two phases, I've missed my old character. I'm like, man, like, I'm getting, like, these little crappy bows. Like, I want my Garuda bow back, and I want to see the uh, you know the dark light armor and all the primal weapons and stuff in the new engine. Yeah, yeah, and the That's AF. Really cool. 
and mess around in the jobs. Oh, I'm just excited. I want to play. Yeah, I am very excited Man. this weekend. So, uh, yeah, get in this weekend and, uh, you know, maybe take some screenshots, quests, items, all that stuff. We need to get into the wiki. So, uh, any help will be uh, definitely appreciated for that, guys. So, thanks in advance for anybody that helps. Um, I think that'll do it. Um, so, I know Mog's going to cut out here. And uh, we do have some special audio. Uh, we talked with Michael Christopher Koji Fox, otherwise known as Fern Halls, on the forums. He's the big lore guy, the localization guy. And uh, we talked with him about pronunciations and stuff. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and roll that, guys. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you back here, I don't know, a week, two weeks. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about beta impressions, I think. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later. Peace. All right, hello, everybody. This is Fusion X. I'm sitting here with Michael Christopher Koji Fox, part of localization for Final Fantasy XIV. We're here today to talk a little bit about uh, pronunciation. There's a lot of crazy-looking words in Final Fantasy, and uh, today we're going to figure out how to say some of those. So the first one we have here, the past couple weeks the internet's been talking a lot about how to pronounce, you know, GIF or JIF or whatever it is. Um, so there is one three-letter word in, uh, in Final Fantasy. It starts with a G. Uh, so is it, is it Gil? Is it Jill? What, how do you say that? Um, it's probably Gil, just because uh, the Japanese uh, is Giru, and so it's got the hard G in the Japanese, and that's been around before the English was, and so I'm thinking that it's Gil. I, I really hope it is, because I've been saying it wrong this whole time, and it, it would be so hard to break that habit. Yeah, it's Gil. How, many, how much Jill do you have? What? <laughs> All right. In the End of an Era trailer, we saw a really big dragon come out of Dalmud. Uh, how would you say his name? In the game, we're saying is Bahamut, and not Bahamut. Bahamut. It's, but it's been said as Bahamut before, hasn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and... Um, and that's the thing, yeah. The Japanese has, they extend the U. It's the Bahamut in, in the Japanese, Bahamuto. Um, yeah, it's, we've made it closer to maybe Bahamut just because it was easier to say um, when you're saying it a lot. Um, again, you know, potato, potato. I don't think yeah. anyone says potato, but there might be people out there that say potato. So <laughs> there are people that say Bahamut. So think of it as a Bahamut, but you're saying it kind of fast. Okay, yeah, I know, I know our, our kind of first rule of, of Final Fantasy podcasting is as long as you know what we're talking about, it's okay. So this yeah. whole thing kind of goes against our number one rule. But that's okay, because some of the stuff is kind of fun to know. All right, so at the end of an era trailer, uh, there's that old Elizin guy. He was also in charge of a lot of the primal quests and stuff. How, this is a, I've always been stuck on this one. How do you say that one? Okay, well, because all of the Elizin names are based off of French rules. Um, it's pretty much like what we did in FF11 with the Elvon. Mm. Um, they're all based off of a quasi-French. And uh, all of the Elizabeth names are actually thought up by our French team. Um, they actually originate from our French team oh. and then translated into Japanese uh, for the Japanese version. Um, so this follows French rules. L'histoire. I think I did not do it justice there. <laughs> so many French people saying, Yes, it's Louisois. And if you want his last name as well, Oh, I didn't. We didn't. Well, I mean, I guess it would, you would figure he would have a last name, right? Oh, yeah. We just I never. I think it's been revealed somewhere. Yes. It might have been once or twice, mm -hmm. or maybe on the web. Okay. Or in, but yes, Louis Soir Levelleux. <laughs> and of course, you're gonna want to get someone French to pronounce it after. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Sorry. Very cool. That <laughs> I just, does, I just you know, you do what you can, right? You're, you're the English to Jap you're the yes. Japanese English guy. You're not the the you know Japanese to French guy. So it's quite right. all right. Um, 
Uh, there's some other characters in the game. Um, I know um, with the Crystal Tower coming up, Zandies is going to be a part of that, or, or however you pronounce Is that how you pronounce yes, it, Zandies? you're right, Zandies. That's, okay. I mean, that's how we're going to be doing it. We're not going to be making it Xandis or something <laughs> like that. The X is weird. What does that Xandis. do? Okay. Uh, and then there's also Kate Sith. I've, also, I've heard, yeah. like, Kate G or something yeah, before. The Japanese, the Japanese is uh, uh, Ketoshi. But, again, this is, uh, again, taken from, uh, how is it, like, Celtic or Irish or, oh, I'm not. People <laughs> not like, you said that you're the lore master. You're supposed to know this. Um but I believe that uh, it's Kate Sith, okay. something like that. Something that sounds, yeah. that's that's when I when I went on the net and tried to find how it was pronounced, as in the actual words, not how people thought it was pronounced. I think that's as close as I got. But again, I'm not an expert on that. But it, it's we're gonna go with like Kate Sith. Okay, that's what, that's what we had. Um, there were a couple. There were a couple areas in the game. Um, there was the level. What was it level ten, level fifteen dungeon uh, in Lenosia? Sopeshay. Yes. Um, this is uh, made up word. This is uh, well, not a made up word. This is a word from. Eorzean. I could have almost figured that one out. That it was yes. made up. Yes, it's an Eorzean word. It's not from anything in the real world. Um, it is a a word of Sahagan origin. So there's another pronunciation if you're worried about that one. Sahagan origin. Um, because the Sahagan, again, live under the sea, uh, we imagine them of having kind of like, you know, speaking underwater with a lot of swishy and poppy and bubbly type of sounds. So we wanted to make their language filled with a lot of maybe S's and SH's and B's and P's and that type of sounds. Um, and with maybe even less vowels just to give it like that kind of sound like they're talking underwater and like that <laughs> type of sound and so we wanted to make the names like that as well um and so this one here is sposhe okay. like so so do do other races then have that kind of you know how they make up words and stuff like that are there any other examples that are going to be in Jufano that you can tell us about um, let's see we have uh, created um some type of, uh, you know, like uh, actual uh, languages for some of the other races um, and some types of, like, how words are uh, arranged and how words are spelled. Um, if you look at, like, the Amalja, um, the areas of their, uh, like, the, the, their name as well, Amal with the uh, yeah, apostrophe the thing, yeah. AA, and then you have, like, their areas like Zan, Zan, Ak. Yeah. Um, that type of that type of stuff. There are rules to that. I can't go into detail because I don't want to screw it up, and I want to go over <laughs> it with you know the sure, the real sure. the lore master with that. But I mean, we do have a lot of rules for that type of stuff. Um, another cool thing that we've done. It's not really related to pronunciation, but with like the the goblin speak, and how it's kind of English but quasi English, um, and the reason that they use this kind of broken English, like they'll they'll say like busy deal when they want to talk about business. But yeah, they have this English, but it's like a broken type of English with a lots of weird combo words. It's and the reasoning behind that is because we wanted to create like the goblin language has a bunch of different complex words in their language. But because the goblins are again merchants, they learn English so they can speak right. with the people of Erosia. Because again, those people that don't have the echo cannot uh, communicate yeah. with these people. And so the goblins want to communicate with everyone because they want to sell their things. So they're translating their language right. into English. But because they have all of, not English, but Eorzean, and because they have all of these words that are really complex words that are, isn't an, a term that fits that perfectly in uh, the goblin language, they basically just take two of words they know, stick them together to make this term. Because, and so you have all of these things like quick talk, which again, you know, quickly speaking, but in their language, it's one word. So they just 
force the two English words together and speak like that. So it should be fun for uh, players, and there's a lot of goblins uh, in the game, and I've been doing a lot of goblin translation recently <laughs> and having to make up their language and, and make sure things stay consistent. But it'll be fun for players. Um, I know for some players they might go, oh, I can't understand what's going on here. But for other players it'll be fun because you'll see similar words, but you're going to try to want to find out um, you know, what players are saying. So you get to get, go in and decipher it, and you know, hopefully one day will be as popular as you know Vulcans, and you have people speaking in Gobby speak out on the street, and conventions will be all done in Gobby speak. I, and I was just thinking about you know having an, you know the next fan fest, people oh, come yeah. in and they start talking Goblin or Amulja um, yeah. or yeah, you'll have you know you'll have people singing La Vida Loca karaoke in Gobby speak, <laughs> and you made it. I know I made it. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But yeah, that's some of the things that we're doing there. Sorry, kind of went way off. It's, it's all, part of, the, it's all part of the, the same thing. So I guess, uh, you know, to go along with that real quick, um, I mean, as you're, you're doing this dialogue, I mean, do you have to do you go back and check a lot of, you know, on how, you know, these words are supposed to be arranged and how they talk? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Every time we get a new goblin, I have to go, oh, my, okay, where, where are my files that I did? I remember there was this guy from this quest and this guy from this quest and go back and uh, make sure. I mean, we have really, really uh, good, I, I have a really great team. Um, and they can, you know, they can all write in that style, and they can all write in the styles that we use um, uh, in Final Fantasy XIV. And uh, we also have great editors, and we have a great QA team. Um, and so, if one of the guys on the translation team doesn't catch it, then we're probably going to have an editor catch it. And if an editor doesn't happen to catch it, then we're going to have this, you know, massive team. I think we have about 15 guys on the QA team right now. Um, it usually fluctuates depending on the time of the patch, but um, from 10 to 15, and, and they're all real fans of the game, and they know it back and forth, and so they'll also tell us, it's like, well, this shouldn't be business, this should be busy deal, because he used busy deal back <laughs> in this quest, and, and so, wow. yeah. it's crazy. Um, the last word we had, um, oh. the level 50 dungeon in, uh, in Corthus, yeah, the Darkhold, how do you say that one? Uh, this is uh, Zemel. Okay. You don't pronounce the D. That makes okay. Yeah, Zemel. that makes sense. Um, were there any other words that you had uh, that you think that players are always kind of messing up, and you know you hear people say it, and you're like, that's not how you say okay. that word. It's not the players. It's more the people that work at Square Enix. I'll be in a, like a telephone <laughs> conference, and we'll be talking about something, and they'll just use the wrong pronunciation, and be like, why don't you know this? You've been working on this game for. Um, and it's probably half my fault for giving it such a weird spelling, but it's half their fault for not listening to me. But no. Um, I would say, first off, the biggest one, and I've already answered this also on the forums because it came up, but uh, Leave Quest, Guild Leave. It's not Lev, it's Leave. Yeah. Um, the reason being because it's L-E-V-E is the old uh, Middle English spelling for leave, to give someone leave permission, because that's what the Guild Leaves are. These are the plates that give people permission to go out and kill things or go out and enter these areas that they're not supposed to enter. And so we pronounce it, the modern pronunciation, Leave. I don't know what they pronounced it, you know, how they pronounced it 600 years ago, but we're <laughs> pronouncing it leave, and so yeah. guild leave. The other one um, would be also with guild, would be guild hest. And this is kind of half my fault because, again, in my brain, I see it as the guilds and the behests, and these are the hests that the guilds give, the guild hests. But when spelled out, you get that strange DH yeah. that for some people in the world, the DH you wouldn't pronounce guild hest you'd been guildist and it just looks wrong and I know <laughs> but we're gonna go with guild hest pronounce it guild hest any any uh, any other words that uh, that you can think of off the top of your head um let's see uh let's see yeah like the main characters I mean you have like uh Yashtola 
Um, you have uh, Raubon, Raubon, uh, Melvib. Okay, yeah, wow, that was all. I wouldn't Mervid, have thought that. Blue Fisvin. <laughs> would be how you. I you might you don't have to say it in the the phony German. <laughs> That's accent, good. But uh, if you were to say it in the Schwarzenegger accent, you'd <laughs> But that's we use like German type pronunciations for the Rugen and that type right. of base um, because the language is kind of quasi based off of uh, a version of Old High German. I guess that's a first. I don't think I've said that before. But yes, um, we've taken like a uh, older form of German and we've worked with the German team help arrange it into something that is new but it's based off of those uh, the German pronunciations and so when you see the OE it's the U instead of the OE you wouldn't pronounce it O or OE you'd pronounce it U and the W's will have a slight V sound in them uh, so yeah so, so, so you have the, the Germans working on the Rogadin and then well, the, the actually, French working on the Elizabeth the, the German because the, the Rogadin and it's Rugadin because it's OE oh. Rugadin um, because the Rugadin language is kind of like a quasi-language that I myself uh, came up with when I was first working on it, but then when there weren't any German translators on the project, when it was just me. Um, and then once we got our German translators on the project, I collaborated with them to brush it up and make sure that it followed the rules. Because it, again, it was just me with a, with a dictionary and my imagination <laughs> thinking, for me, this looks cool. Lots of whys. And then we get the German team in there saying, oh, we don't use that many whys. Maybe we should change this or people won't be able to read it. And, you know, we got to where we are now. And we think, you know, it's a pretty cool language. And again, it, it can be kind of daunting for players that only see it without knowing those rules. Um, but once you know, you know the rules, it's actually, you know, uh, pretty intuitive, I would say. But again, I'm sure there's going to be a way that's intuitive. <laughs> it's not intuitive. Stop smashing your keyboard. Right. <laughs> yeah, some of that stuff really looks like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right, well, well, how much consulting? I'm just curious. How much interaction and consulting? Because obviously they're doing a lot more uh, voice acting in 2.0. Did you have with those actors and those people who were doing it? I mean, did you have a lot of interaction with them? Yeah. Um, we actually got to be in the, in the studio. Um, not myself. Uh, one of the other members of our team got to go into the studio um, and work with a bunch of the actors. Uh, not for the whole time, but for a, for a portion of the time. And we got to, uh, you know, make sure that they were, they knew about the characters, they knew who they were, they knew the type of stories, they knew their backgrounds, um, they knew where we were coming from, um, they knew what would happen, even what happened in 1.0. I mean, even though, you know, they don't really need to know that to read the it's, it's their motivation. But it's their motivation. They know who they're, they can get into character. And I mean, again, it's, it's really hard for, um, you know, to do something like this because, again, it's, uh, these people, it's not like a movie where, you know, you come into the movie and you're on the movie for like three or four months of your life so you really get into character. Yeah. And it's like these people come in for a couple of days to do their sessions and, and then they're done and they move on to their next job. And so it's very, you know, we need to give them a lot of information. We need to tell them, okay, this is, because we have been working with the project for years and years and we know it and these are the characters we know and love. To get these people that are only in for a couple of days to get to that same level, you know, we have to be there. And, and so I think we were able to do that. Um, get them knowing and, and then then of course there's the pronunciations and making sure people said everything I mean even though we were telling them some people just couldn't say certain things and and you know what are you gonna do except say yeah that was uh, that was great there um, I think we had a little bit of interference can we get another take <laughs> Meryl Webb blow fisman yeah that was a great um, I think we need another take just in case and <laughs> <laughs> very nice all right well thank you for your time and uh, do you have any, any comments you want to give to any, any big uh, lore fans or anything out there? Um, the lore train 
right now is kind of at a station. It's called Translation for uh, Beta 4 and Release Station. And while I'm here translating and and uh, getting everything ready and you know going on trips with Yoshida so to be his interpreter, um, I might not be able to uh, conduct the lore train for a while. Um, and I apologize for that. But um, once the game gets up and running, um, I mean, I look at those forms every day. I have this list. I have my yellow pad. I have everything written down, and I know what I'm going to go over. Um, and I'm going over with, um, you know, the world, the lead world creator, and making sure that, you know, I can answer some of these things and get you guys the information you need. Um, and so again, yeah, I apologize for, you know, being kind of absent these past few uh, weeks and, and probably being absent for the next couple of months, but um, I'm not ignoring you guys, and I'm going to be back dropping lore bombs. So put on your helmets, get in your bomb shelters. It's coming. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.